0: And welcome to Always Pressing PGA DFS weekly podcast. Brought to you by thesports and the wonderful guests that I will have every week are co-hosts, I should say. Not even guests, they're my co-hosts, they're my boys. <laughs> um, as usual, you guys got to hear their lovely voices last week. You've heard Jesse plenty of times. Jesse, you can find on Twitter at DFS Gods. Jesse, how are we doing? Doing well, Bubba. Good, good. And then you, you got his debut last week. Find him on Twitter at Big Bucks no Whammy, Or actually, yeah, Big Bucks no Whammy is his name, BP Snow Eleven at BP Snow Eleven. Bucks, how are we doing?
1: Doing well, guys. Doing well.
0: Awesome, awesome. This is going to be fun weekly deal for those that still haven't paid attention. Check us out at Always Pressing Pod on Twitter. Um, we'll do a quick recap of last week, and then we'll get into what everybody really cares about—the PGA DFS. Um, Jesse, if you want to kick us off, what were your thoughts on the tournament as a whole, the scoring fest that was the Canadian Open?
2: Yeah, yeah. A uh, real birdie fest actually broke out, and it was, you know, a little bit different than previous weeks or previous years, I guess, up there. I didn't get to watch a whole lot of it. I was, uh, myself, I was at a, a golf, I guess, tournament or deals, golf outing, but my buddies every year. But anyways, either way, uh, you know, Johnny Vegas repeated, uh, you know, Charlie Hoffman still could not close a golf tournament. You know, just your typical Canadian Open type of stuff, apparently.
0: What about you, Bucks?
1: Yeah, a lot of the same. I mean, I was um, not shocked to see the scoring. I think I had the winning score 16 or 17 under, which they blew by that pretty easily. But um, it was uh, it was cool to see a golf course. That, I mean, we haven't had a tournament in a while where <clears throat> people were just going super low, and it was the guys that make a ton of birdies that were really in contention. Um, and that that's kind of what we thought last week, which is why we had a, a lot of really solid people picks
0: so yeah as a whole um the picks wise pretty darn good it was, it was like one here and there i know um ben martin was my my bugaboo and everybody yeah. seemed to have one or two but as a whole there's a lot of good stuff out there like the old charlie hoffman there's no reason to fade him at his price tag thing and yeah. it was really good to see really really good to see um now our most of our picks to win at least top five did so that was respectable but, did, you, um, did you mention Garrigus last week?
2: I know one of us talked about him. I couldn't remember if it was me or you or us. That, that, that was not me. So I, it was that was you.
0: That
1: was you.
0: That was you, Jesse. And then I, I echo the fact how you're right because when he gets going, he's going. I used him a ton at the end of last year, and he was at least a cut maker, if not continuing at least somewhat. So yeah, that was all you. Eight,
2: top five. My dad was was raving all weekend about how you picked him, and I kept saying like. So I was with my dad this weekend in this golf outing. He's like, "Yeah, man, I was listening to Bubba." Bubba said, "Pick Caragius." I was like, "Dad, that was me." No, no, Bubba, Bubba said it. I'm like,
0: <laughs> so thanks, you got that? Thanks, but Jesse. Not- dad. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was pretty good. I just if Ben Martin, who I loved a lot, would have done well, that would have been awesome. But uh, a lot of our mid-price guys did very, very well. So as a whole, people should have been pretty happy, even though. I think I saw like a winning GPP score was, Kenny Kim had a seven hundred three, so you had, uh, to, yep. you had well, to go I, crazy. I
2: think the best was about six ninety nine because he that 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 score himself that he had there was before he lost ten points for because he had uh, Hoffman Vegas, so, bef- it pre-playoff. Anyways, way, so it was pre playoff. Anyways, either way, six ninety nine won the thirty three dollar, so almost seven hundred points is is. is <laughs>
0: Bucks, so I just got a quick question for you because a lot of you guys don't know Bucks' strategy. He's usually a three lineup only, and he just goes to Pound Town with it. Now, yeah. you you went a little off the radar this week. How did you like being a DJ like the rest of us and making way too many lineups?
1: Yeah, it was um, it was awesome. It was fu- it was fun to have a, <laughs> it was fun to have a sweat for for the first week in what seems like forever. But with the way the scoring was going to be. Oh, I was having a hard time being really comfortable with just three lineups. So many guys that I wanted to play in like the seven thousand range. Um, so I I had twenty five entries into the thirty three eight dollar, the four dollar, um, and it, I did a little better than break even, which was awesome. My high score was something in the six forty range. Uh, um, but still, I mean, 640 in the 33 didn't even crack 500 bucks. So um, crazy scores last week. Um, but it was uh, it was it was fun dabbling in that many lineups just to, just to have a sweat.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I just wanted to get your opinion because it's uh, it's something we like to do. But uh, I'm trying to cut back. It's just not easy once you get that taste. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get going to the, the WGC here, but I just have one more question. Either you guys, both you guys, whatever, is it just me, or does it seem like you know we started out at least like a month or so ago? It was a lot of weirdness going on, but lately it's been a little more chalky. Does that sound about right? Yeah, it does. I think okay. it's been chalky.
1: I think it's been chalky all year, to be honest with you. Well, For the most part.
2: I mean, there there were some weeks there where less than five percent were hitting six to six, but the last couple, yeah, I mean, it's been twenty percent in that range. Which you know, it's I think that's about what it really should be on a week to week basis. You'll have some weeks where it's a lot more, some weeks where it's a lot less. But yeah. last couple of weeks, I mean, six to six didn't guarantee much of anything. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah, last wondering.
1: week. yeah, last week was the first week in a while where. If you didn't have six for six, there was a small percentage that you were going to cash.
0: Right. Yeah. I, I only made three lineups last week. I, I behaved myself. And uh, I had two five of sixes that were like literally when you look at your screen, we're right on the line, not cashing. It was so much fun to look at. Yeah. So much fun. Thank you, Ben Martin. Yeah. <laughs> um. No, I, I regress. Let's go to uh, the WGC Bridgestone. It's a pretty uh, unique event, a zero-cut event, as you guys were telling me earlier. 76 guys are in the field, 49 of the top 50. Um, anything else that makes this event quite unique, or is that just about it, guys?
1: Yeah, I th- think it's um, – for me, it's uh, one of the – that isn't a major. I mean, it's one of my favorite events every year. I grew up in the Tiger era when, and he dominated this event for so long. Um, even I think he won in 2013, um, so it wasn't too far too long ago. Field strength is astronomical. Um, the scores are typically pretty low. I think it's an average of like 14 under, 13 under, something like that. Um, but it's just a fun tournament to watch. I mean, it's a it's a old. I think uh, what Pete Dot is it Pete Dye that yeah. designed it?
2: Yeah. Yeah. uh,
1: Okay, yeah, so there's a lot of um, action holes, there's a lot of risk reward holes, and the crowds are typically pretty close to, and and so it's really fun to watch.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's in, uh, it's on the Firestone South Country Club course, uh, Akron, Ohio. Uh, right now they're saying it's 95 degrees, so this might be a warm week in Ohio. Um, Jesse, do you have uh, any past event stuff you'd like to, to bring up?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, it's got a lot, a lot of history. I mean, Tiger Woods won this golf tournament in 99, 2000, 2001, 2005, 2006, 2007, 2013. So, I mean, he's won it a bunch of times. But, I mean, it's one of those tournaments where you see a lot of big names rise to the top, uh, DJ won it last year, Shane Lowry uh, the year before, not necessarily that big of a name, but he's pretty well known, um, Rory McElroy won it in 14, Adam Scott is a past champion here, uh, BJ Singh, a um, lot, lot of big names have won this, and uh, last year was kind of low scoring, um, I think DJ won it at minus six, but it was more well known for the infamous burger one shot WD. Uh, <laughs> yeah, get out of town. Get my paycheck and All get right. out of town.
1: That
0: was the event right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. That makes a lot more sense. By the way, you forgot to mention the big name that won in 2012 that I was kind of half-chuckled at last week when I picked him for the Jeez. Canadian Open. Just mention that. No, no. That. I, 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 purposely, I purposely did not mention <laughs> that. <laughs> uh, I figured as much. Um, Bucks, why don't you take us away with some course preview?
1: Yes. Yeah, um. 7,400 yards, par 70, the heat heat this week is uh, playing pretty dry, I would imagine, Um, and so the the interesting thing about this course is that, obviously, at a par 70, there's only a few par fives, uh, a big bump to par four scoring, I think it was built in 1960, or somewhere in the 60s, Um, and so typically, there's a lot of false fronts, uh, smaller greens, um, target golf, that kind of thing. For all the course can, can be had. And so uh, you're kind of looking at, I know we're going to get into the next category, but um, you're kind of looking at a field like this. It's hard to ignore any of the stats, but a big focus on par, par four screen, uh, a big with dry conditions on accuracy off the tee. Um, had this week.
0: Anything else you want to add, Jesse, Here, that pretty much wrap it up?
2: Uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, the two par fives is, you know, like you said, par 70, playing around 7,400. Two par fives, one of them is reachable. The other one is probably not. So, there's potential for some Eagles on one of the par fives. uh, More than likely not on the other par five. Um, But, yeah, it's just – it's an old golf course. Been there for a long time, um, which is good in that, you know, a lot of these guys have played it a bunch and know more so the breaks on the greens where to hit the ball off the tee, uh, where to hit the ball on the green, so on and so forth. So a lot of history um, and just – it's a pretty prestigious place, Firestone is as far as golf courses go.
0: Good. Buck's already mentioned some of the key stats he's looking for. What are you looking for, Jesse?
2: Um, You know, I'm looking a lot at my typical stats, green regulation, driving distance, driving accuracy. But one thing that I typically do in no-cut events is focus more on – uh, birdie or better um, because obviously with no cut you know we, you want guys who can go out and make make birdies um, and so getting the guys who get the higher scores even if maybe they don't finish as high because they make a few more bogeys is if they're throwing out a lot of birdies with more bogeys in a no cut event you know you're going to be better off on draft kings wise um, yeah. so I'll put a more emphasis on the on the birdie or better this week than I than I usually do um, and then just your my typical – you know, a, a lot of times focus on green regulation and it's got a pretty big correlation to birdie or better, to be honest
0: with you. So That makes sense. Uh, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And um, that's a good point you make for those that maybe are new to the non-cut event DFS. A bad round, it doesn't, you know, ruin your week. It probably doesn't help you from cashing big, but it doesn't ruin your week because if these guys can score like you saw in like the British Open – on the what Saturday when he shot, I can't remember his name. Now shot a, a sixty-one or whatever. They under yeah. um, that kind of scoring just completely turns around around. So as long as they just don't have the massive blow up, you have the potential to make some interesting numbers out there. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, birdie yeah, or better think, is very, very important.
1: Exactly. Yeah, I'd put a focus on par four scoring, but yeah, definitely the birdie or better, and and look at those guys that have some super low rounds out there Um, because you're absolutely right. I mean, with a no-cut, you can shoot one day. As long as you have two or three really low rounds, you're fine. And so, yeah, um, But I think it's important to note, though, with the field this strong, um, you kind of have to look at all the stats, because they all come into play at this course. Um, But look at the – look at the guys that are trending. And so recent form is big for me this week. Bernie are better than par four scoring.
0: Yeah. I like that. Um, a lot of the time when I'm picking my guys and is it always right? No, but I'm, I'm a big recent form guy just in general, because I like a guy when he's feeling good and playing well to go to his next event with the confidence. I think that's big in my mind, but um Yeah, definitely scoring. I don't know if we'll take him. We'll get to him. But just off the top of my head, a guy like Justin Thomas, who we've seen shoot a lot of low 60s out of nowhere, those will come in handy this weekend. So, not saying play him. We'll get to him. But I'm just saying that's the kind of guy you got to think about at times. And he's relatively full.
1: I'm saying play him.
0: Yeah. So, I figured we would. But I w not want to, like, ruin everything here. With that said, (laughs) let's get into the picks. Let's get into the picks before I just give every play away before we even talk about them. Um, We got – Six guys over ten thousand this week. Obviously, they'll be one of some of the best in the world. Um, You have Mister, the Open champion Jordan Spieth at twelve thousand. DJ at eleven eight, who played really well last week after people thought he might have been ruined in his final round at the Open. Uh, I got Rory at eleven four with his new his best man on the bag. Got Brooks Kopka at eleven one. That's the one up here that kind of stands out to me. He's playing great golf, but that's quite a, a hike for him. Uh, Ricky Fowler, 10-6, and Hideki Matsuyama, 10-2. Jesse, who are you looking at in this top tier? Yeah, I mean,
2: I can see uh, Jordan Spieth being pretty chalky, uh, even with, at that high price, because of the fact that I, I think Stars and Scrubs will be super popular this week, and uh, he was 20% at the British Open, so I don't know why that isn't at that number or higher this week, even with the uh, higher price. Um, so he's interesting to me just because he's his recent form is is very good. Obviously, he wins a major the last time out. Um, but I think he's fatal potentially due to the high ownership. So um it'll be interesting to see how highly touted he is this week. Um I mean you can make a case for anybody up here in this range. Uh the other guy that I like, and I like him more so on FanDuel than I do on DraftKings, just because he does have a price reduction over on FanDuel. Brooks Koepka, he's eighty six hundred on Fanduel, so I'll probably play him quite a bit more over there than I will on DraftKings. I'm um, not a big fan of the price eleven one here on, on on DK, so you know I'll probably get my exposure to him on on Fanduel because he he's an, he's one of those guys like we were just talking about makes a lot of birdies. He has blow up holes every now and again, um, so you know that's that's kind of what you're looking for this week. Though, the guy who can just go low, I think Ricky will be chalky again. Um, and, uh, and and Rory, I just I don't know what to do with Rory. What do you think about Rory Bucks with the new uh, with a new guy in his bag? Yeah,
1: with all those guys up top, he's one of those guys that um gonna be fading. Um, he he looked um any time. And I was talking to somebody about this earlier, but anytime you have like a, a major change, like a caddy in that, that relationship. Um, I, I believe there's always going to be a little bit of g- regression, um, and I tried to ignore it with Phil, but you could definitely see that there was something going on with Phil at the British after he changed with Bones. So Rory, I'm definitely going to be fading. Um, there's so many guys up top, but Speeth and Hideki are probably the only three that I'm looking at up top. Um, Spieth I may play in one event, um, or one of my lineups. I'm going back to my three this week, um, and I sprinkle in there. The only one that I really am fading this week hard is is Ricky Fowler. His swing looked way off at the British. He is not a great par four scorer. Um, he's good overall and all around. He's he, he makes a lot of birdies, but I did the British, and I'm not going to waste a shot at one of my lineups in KC kind of and even and that's price range if he if he doesn't come in the top 10 or 12 he's no value to me so um I'm, I'm banking on him kind of coming out of that coming outside the top 12 and for me
0: yeah um i'm only kind of focusing on two guys up here spieth i'm not going to use because i think he's gonna be too chalky but he's playing great obviously Yep. I am intrigued by the Rory angle just because I think a lot of people are going to say everything you guys just said, and he, it's just a GPP type play. Like you, because yeah. everyone's so good in this tournament, you have to For get sure, different yeah. somewhere. And he looked really, really good at the British. Something we all thought wasn't possible with Ricky or with Rory right now. Yeah. And his last three Brid- uh, Bridgestone events, top five or tied for five T 27 anyone. So he plays well at the Bridgestone. Um, it is worrisome. Like you said, the, the, uh, you know, the caddy player relationship, I get that, but he, he is, his T degree and his approach are all really, really good right now. So there's a lot to like with that. And then I like DJ a lot. I know he's going to be chalky. He should be chalky like every week, but when he's driving it the way he was driving it, which was better at the Canadian, you know, he hits it so well. If it is dry, that ball's going to roll and he's going to have short little shots into the green. Heck, he went 390 on the 18th at the Canadian. But um, yep. he's dialed in. It's going to be scary. Uh, so those will be the two guys I'll be looking at up top. But with a field like this, we said it even at Canadian, which not even close to a field like this, you don't have to get crazy up top if you really don't want to. It's a way to be different if you want to go that way.
1: No. Yeah, I was looking at that earlier. Um, the last four, three years, something like that, um, this event – having more of a balanced lineup have actually cashed more than the stars and scrubs. Obviously you have some winners like DJ and Rory out there, but, um, outside of that, a lot of the major winners didn't go like three top three low and then middling around the 7,500 to eight, K range. range.
0: Well, that, that's great to hear. That's my kind of strategy. Yeah. Um, Let's get into the 9K range. And this this is where you could start doing some damage. These guys are all obviously, I'm going to repeat myself over and over, really good players. Shocker. Um, you, got, you got Justin Rose, 9,900. John Rahm, 97. Stenson 95. Day, 94. Kuchar, 93. He's been playing great golf until he wallowed a little bit, but still played well. You got Sergio, 92. And then we got Jesse's boy. Maybe he wins it this week. I don't know. But Paul Casey's 9,000. Bucks, what do you got here?
1: Yeah, so I think this is another one of those ranges where you can make an argument for everybody. Um, but there are three guys that I'm kind of looking at in this range. Um, one, and he, he's going to be one of my core plays this week, is John Rahm. Um, I'll be consistent. he gives me a reason not to. He makes a ton of birdies. He's sixth in par four scoring. Play off the tee for the most part. He can blow up. I mean, that's part of it. But this is a no-cut event. That dude is going to make some birdies. Um, So, John Rahm is going to be one of my main core plays this week. Um, And then Jason Day in the 9K range is to me. I mean, the guy has not been playing great golf, but you're kind of uh, stepping into his world here at the WGC. He's played Firestone a ton. And I I think he's – starting to peak at the right moment and at this price tag i mean you're you're getting a former one uh, really cheap and then jesse's boy casey can't can't not go with him um he'll he'll be in at least one of my lineups fifth and par par four scoring and he leads a couple other categories as well he's he's solid
0: yep yep what do you got jesse
2: yeah i'm with you on wrong um i think jason day at I just wonder the my other thing on day is if he can go under the radar as far as being t- highly touted. I don't know that that is going to happen, but if he does, I think he's a great play. If he's if people catch on to the fact that he's at ninety four hundred and people start saying, "Well, you know, you should play him because he's so cheap," then I could I, I, I see a fade there for myself. But uh, yeah, so I, I I do think he's getting his game back. I also like Henrik Stinson. Um, you know, any golf course that's long um, and requires a lot of, you know, good iron shots, maybe long iron shots on occasion as well. Um, I'll take Henrik Stenson all day. I don't know about Paul, to be honest with you, this week. Um, he's, I've been riding him, and so, I, you know, I'll probably have some exposure to him this week, but it's not going to be anything up at to the top like I have in weeks okay. past. Don't kid yourself. I mean, he's all right. You know, he's been – I mean, but at 9,000, to be honest with you, I'd really probably rather, you know, dip downs that one of these two guys were going to – one of these guys were getting ready to talk about in a no-cut event or, spend a little bit more and get stints in a wrong myself. Um, I mean, Paul Casey just doesn't – he doesn't scream birdie maker like some of these other guys do. So, like I said, I'll have some exposure to him, but I'm not going to be – over and uh, and above like I usually am.
0: Right, uh, One guy I'm looking at, again, it's my GPP mentality on this, but uh, Justin Rose at 9,900 for the fact that I think everyone's either going to go up or they're going to start with rom, And I think he gets overlooked yeah. quite a bit this week. And yep. we know how well he can play when he can actually put the ball a little bit. So I like Rose to be a, a nice little low-owned play up top here. Um uh, I am, and I'm on the ROM train with you. That's why I think ROM will be people will focus on that number right there because the guy is just ridiculously talented. Uh, Kuchar worries me because the guy just doesn't take a weekend off. How eventually your body has to tell you no, right? Just very <laughs> like Jesus, crying. I know he wears Skechers, so he's extra comfortable, but eventually <laughs> they got to catch up <laughs> with you. He has like, um, three yeah, yeah, but um, well, and he's and always thing, consistent.
1: And the one thing I mentioned to you with the british open when we did that first pod is is one of those guys that's always kind of going to be around but I, I don't see him ever lighting the world on fire i mean he'll he can get he can go low but i don't see him going 17 1800 potentially especially no, on the a that, that there's so many bombers out there that can go low
0: yeah so that's a good really good point so i'm, I'm looking at rose rom um I'll probably have a little Stenson because I somehow always have a little Stenson, and then um, I'm gonna have to look more into it. Sergio, just he's not a major scorer, though, like you said with Kucher. Just he has that potential; where he could. And then Casey, I will have Casey. I'm not gonna be in denial like Jesse. I will have Casey, so we'll go there. But uh, I yeah, I'll be staying, I'll be staying up top in the 9K range. <laughs> I don't know about Sergio. I mean, Sergio
2: just he hasn't looked very good in recent weeks. Um, so, I mean, I think I'd rather have Casey or Stinson than Sergio. But we'll see how it ends up shaking out. But he just – I don't know. the recent weeks, he's just been weird. Yep. He did yeah. finish second at the BMW. But other than that, he's just kind of been hanging around top 20. And, you know,
1: I mean, I don't know. He just doesn't
2: intrigue me like some other people do.
1: Well, he makes up so many strokes with the driver, and he's hes not been hitting that great. So
0: Right. True. Very true. All right, let's go to the – 8k range where it's gonna get really fun here. You got Adam Scott 88 grace 88 Fleetwood 84 burger 83 JT is $8,200 Norin 81 Leishman 8k and Zach Johnson 8k. There's a lot to like here. Jesse kick us off in the 8k range
2: Yeah, I mean it's hard to ignore um, Adam Scott at $8,800 you know God just is a world-class ball striker Hits it down the middle, um, hits a lot of greens. Um, if he can get the putter going, that's the question. So I think he's a, a good GPP play. We'll talk a little bit more about GPP versus Cashier in a little bit, but um, I like him in GPPs just because if you start your lineup with Adam Scott and then stay below him, you're going to be different and not, you know, because there's, there's going to be a lot of ownership, 9,000 and above. So if you're down here and you start here, um, and stay disciplined, you can you can make a different lineup uh, for a, a GBP like the $33, which has 21,000 people in it this week. Um, I'm going back to Tommy Fleetwood. I hope everybody still hates him. I'll, I'll have some of him. And this is this is the time to talk about, you know, obviously, Justin Thomas and in, in his ability to either shoot
0: 80 or 62. <laughs> He's outstanding because you look at his stats, his tee to green is great, his approach is great, his par-4 scoring is great. He can't scramble. So, as long as he's got to stay out of trouble, he's going to be putting up a low number, I think. Three straight missed cuts, too. Yeah, so I'm hoping people are scared off him, but I know I remember this from uh, previous no-cut tournaments this year. He flourishes in these full four-round tournaments. He really does. Uh, You
2: can almost guarantee there's going to be one round where he goes
0: 65 or less. Yeah. What do you got on this one, Bucks?
1: Um, a lot of what Jesse had. I think there's only a few guys here that I'm kind of targeting because um, there's so many guys below that I like as well. But to me, to me that stand out in this in this range, especially no cut, like we just talked about, Justin Thomas, um, and then Berger as well. I think both of those guys – that you see in like a ROM where the pressure, they're going to go out there, blast it around, make birdies um, and so JT at that price point is probably going to be chalky but I, um, I'm only going to have a couple lineups so I'm going to have him in there and so JT's, it's probably going to be one of my core guys second inning, um, off the charts in driving distance birdie or better percentages, that kind of thing as long as he can hit greens and avoid bogeys this
0: week, he's going to be money. Yeah, totally. Um, I'm fully on board with the Adam Scott called Jesse. That's one of the guys I was looking at earlier today that that price tag, if he's putting is going to be ridiculously low, way yeah. too low. Uh, cause it, cause we know he does everything else at like a top top tier level. So, um, He's definitely worth the play, and and like we've all said it a million times now, JT, you have to really think about him. Like I understand the blowups there, but we've said the blowup does not kill you. This guy finds ways to go low, so JT will make his way into my lineups. I like Berger, just like um, Buck said there. I like his the way he's playing, his form. I know he struggled uh, in recent uh, – uh, well, I guess his last start, you got a first. If this is right, I can't be right. Um, but Berger and then uh, Leishman. I just, to me, his recent form, which is big for me, like I told you guys earlier, is um, really, really good. He got top six, or tied six at the Open, tied five, fifth at Click Alone, 17th, 27th at the U.S. Open, playing some really, really good golf, and um, he went low his last two rounds of the Open, and some one of them was a tough condition day. So uh, I think there's a lot to like with Leishman, in my opinion. I agree. Okay. Um. I want to ask you guys about one guy because he's every week I look at him and some weeks I play him, some weeks I don't because I know how super talented he is. But it's like top six cut, tied, tied 10th cut. Alexander Norin. what are your guys' thoughts on him? Yeah, he's interesting.
2: I mean, he's a top 10 player in the world and you're getting him for a top 20-ish price or whatever. Um, so in a no-cut event, I yeah, think he's worth a shot.
1: Yeah, he's okay. good. he'll be he'll be he, he'll be one of those lowering plays just because there's so many other big names around him. But he's a, he's definitely a sneaky GPP play for sure. I agree. I
2: mean, he's going to yeah. be less owned. He's going to be less owned than, than JT and Barger and Leishman.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's why I look at him every tournament for those same reasons. That's how he ends up every tournament, low owned, overlooked, and he either finishes way up there for you and you're in the money, or he just blows up and you get pissed off. Yeah. So, okay. But but a no cut event that's perfect. Yeah. Yeah. This um, week. All right. Seven K range. This one gets even more interesting because we have some guys we hate and some guys we love, but they're all here. Um, Phil Mickelson, seventy nine. Cabrera Bello, who's playing really good golf at seventy nine. Mister Usti, good old <laughs> Usti, seventy hundred bucks. You got uh, Captain America at 78, Lee Westwood at 77, Bubba's who's actually playing a little better lately, 77, J.B. Holmes coming off a really good weekend in Canada at 76, you got Wood 76, Chappie 75, Woodland 75, Hoffman 74, who was 10-3 last week, by the way, Harmon 74, Peter 73, Shoffley's playing really well at 73, Schwartzel 72, Duffner 72, Fisher, Kiz, Olsen, Henley, Wiesberger, Sullivan, and Fitzpatrick. So, yeah, way too many guys I should have not named off. <laughs> Bucks start us off in a very loaded, very sneaky. This could be the range that decides the GPP winner right here, in my opinion. For sure,
1: yeah. Yeah, I so. think. Bucks? Yeah, so I, I think there's there's a, a ton, of, ton of guys around here that I think work well. Um, But there's only a few that I'm going to target just because of the roster creation stuff. Um, Hoffman at 7,400 is just insane to me. Um, I don't know if I'm going to play him, but it seems pretty hard to pass up at that price range. Um, I think he'll be super chalky, but we'll have to see. Um, Harmon's another guy I love for score. Birdie or better percentage is great always kind of around the leaderboard, that kind of thing. Um, Charles Schwartzel is another guy I'll be targeting. And then my number one core play of the week is going to be Jason Duffner. So he, uh, really good around par fours, um, 19th and strokes gain total 24th and T to green 13th and birdie better in par fours. And then fifth and par four scoring. So, um, I think he's been playing well, too, so he's kind of my specialist this week, and I think he'll be lower-owned, and so that's why he's going to be kind of my core in every lineup.
0: Fair enough.
2: What do you got, Jesse? I can dig it. Um, I think, uh, you know, one guy who's trending up and has been playing very well and has showed it this past week is Gary Woodland, absolute bomber. He, he kind of fell off mid-year, uh, but he started to play a lot better Recently, I'll um, also have a lot of Xander. Um, I think he's a great play. He's shown up in big events, you know, top 20 at the British Open, um, played really well at the US Open and finished uh, fifth. Of course, had the win at the Greenbrier. His, his recent form is great, and he's another guy who just absolutely bombs it out there and can go low. Um, so he's actually probably going to be in a lot of my lineups this week. If you want to call it a, a core, then that is totally fine by me. Um, I, I think Rafa is very intriguing um, just because he has played really, really, really well recently. Um, it's just, he's it's weird when he comes over to the States. He doesn't seem to perform as well as he does when he's over in Europe. Um, so I think a little bit of him is not a bad idea. Uh, but I'm, I don't know about playing a whole heck of a lot because he could, could, could potentially bomb out. Um, you know, has one appearance here in 2012 and it was 29th. so not bad. You could take a 29th out him this week, but nothing, you know, out of this world. Um, yeah. No, Louis can't do it. Bubba's interesting. Um, I don't know how much I'll have of him, but another guy who's who's trending in the right
0: direction for sure. Most definitely. Um, yeah, Rafa, he's definitely on my radar. I, I think I'll have a pretty you know, like – I'd say 30%, 40%. I, I like the way he's playing. But your point about him coming over to the, the U.S. is so true because I remember we were really, really high on him earlier in this year because he was crushing it yeah, you know, on, on the European part. And then he just – he looked like a freaking 20 handicap at times. Um, yeah. So you got that. Um, I like the way J.B. Holmes is playing. I know he can be so infuriating to watch. But he has been playing really well and when he's driving it he can he'll be very much in contention um hoffman that price is just ludicrous it's like it's not equal to adam scott's pricing to me but it's pretty darn close to what he's playing right now
1: mm. you
0: can't you can't ignore hoffman um Shoffley, i am all about Shoffley. you've turned me on to him a while ago and he's like he, i think i saw when i was looking at my stats he's like third on par four scoring right now or something he's just playing great um harman Bucks, we have to keep our lefties together. So um, I'm all about some some Harman. Uh, you can't take that cut at the open too, too seriously. It's his first time there. Yep. Um, I, I don't factor that in. There's certain guys you can factor a miscut at the open. I don't factor it in for him at all. Um, and then the last guy, and if you guys have an opinion on him, I'm curious, but we were talking the ability to, to bomb it here. And he was probably going to be chalky, but what about Tomas Peters? <laughs> Tomas? Um, I, you know, I, I he's in a no
2: cut event, you know, going back to, he's, he reminds me of Justin Thomas cause he is, you know, 44th miscut, 13th miscut, 14th, 4th, 30th miscut. I mean, just all the time sprinkling miscut. So it's definitely worth taking a chance this week, um, on him because he can, you know, he can bomb it and he can, he can score, you know, he can score, he can score low scores basically. So. Yeah, I, I would uh I would I would look at Peters. Um I wouldn't take a whole heck of a lot of him, but uh you know, a lot of it has to do with his tout percentage too. I think he's gonna be kind of a popular name that people are gonna throw out.
0: That's what worries me. He's always chalky. Yeah. Always.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, all right, let's get to the 69 and below. Let's take it home. I am not gonna read off the rest of the list, but um there's a lot of the the babies that have won this year. There's uh some that are I don't know picks down here. So, uh, bucks kick us off in the 69 range or 69 below.
1: Guys down here, um, and frankly, a ton of guys that probably shouldn't be down here, but obviously with having 75 or 76 people, no cut events, I mean, right. Um, so, I probably won't range, but some of the guys that I was looking at, if I do, um, Jimmy Walker, um, Steele. And then one guy that i got to look more into, he's been play, playing well, and I think that this course may set up well for him, um, depending on kind of the conditions and how windy it gets, um, is Bryson. I think he, he had kind of an anopin that I, I saw coming a mile away because of the, the wind conditions and kind of being so into mathematics the way that he is. I thought that he was going to get a little uh, uprooted at the British Open. So, I think if it comes back this week and he can get inside the top 15, it would not surprise me at all.
0: I can, I can get behind that. What about you, Jesse?
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of this region down here. And um, I'm going to try to be more balanced and not dip down below 7,000 because I, I think that some of these guys will be – over owned because of the whole stars and Scrubs deal, but if I'm getting down here, I think Kyle Stanley's worth a look. Great tee to green game. If he can get the putter going, he can be there and he can score with any of these guys. Hudson Swafford, um, you know, was on him. We were on him last week, uh, and he's another guy who kind of bombs it. Um, and he kind of played blah after the first day of the Open, but he did shoot 65, and that's two straight rounds of 65 opening up. So the guy can score. Um, it's just, and at 6,300. It's, you know, pretty amazing. You mentioned steel and one thing about steel is he's only 4,900 on uh FanDuel. I actually made it to him earlier today on FanDuel and put him on it because of that price. That price is ridiculous. It's horrible. Um, yeah. And then Swalford is 4,500 on, on FanDuel. Um, Rusty Rusty Hanley's fifty two hundred on FanDuel. They have really, really soft pricing this week on FanDuel. I'm gonna I'm gonna play probably quite a bit over there just because of that and this no cut deal. But uh, so yeah, I mean that I'm not a huge fan, like I said, but you can get down here and, and find some some decent value. Um, there's also some guys, you know, just do not touch at all whatsoever. Kenny Willett, Wang, um, and then also Chuck Norris's son, Sean Norris, do not play him.
0: Uh, Um, I'll be looking at a guy None of you mentioned And I know he can be Frustrating at times But he's really really good Just approach to the green And everything Molinari's 6800 I can't ignore him His putter is infuriating But uh, he's worth a look to me Stanley was the top Of my list down here I love his game Steel Walker When when Bucks pointed out Walker's price this morning I almost drove off the road That's too cheap Um, And then one one name, and I hope he's not chalky after last week. But when you're talking bombers and a no cut event, guys that can go low, Johnny Vegas is very sneaky because he has those low rounds in him. He has the blow up rounds, and he might be chalky because of last week. But he's a bomber. And if he's hitting it well, he could put up some, like a low round or two that can be very helpful at this range.
2: Yeah, he's got to get that. He's got to get his putter going, which he did last week. Um, yeah. And then, so well, a lot of it's dependent on that, but his short game has been terrible. So if if he can, yeah, if he can make putts, he can definitely ball strike with these guys for sure.
0: Yeah, but uh, I agree. Also, I don't really want to have too many decisions below seven k. I don't think it's going to be too necessary unless you're going stars and scrubs. Right. Uh, all right. Um, I, obviously, I had a typo. It's not Poonie. Um <laughs> Bucks. What's your top, what's your top punt plays this week? Like low price guys, we kind of just mentioned them, but give me like one or two you you're really focusing on down there.
1: Yeah, uh, I, again this week I'm not going to go too too far below, but if I had to play somebody down there um, that I think will be pretty low owned, it would be Bryson or um, Lucas Glover's another one that I like this week. I think he'll be super low owned, but really good on par fours surprisingly of those guys i think could do something um again a good pump play
0: what about you jesse
2: yeah i mean i would stick with stanley or swafford um there are some other names down here if you go down here and look like scott hand he's a very uh up and down golfer um he plays most of euro tour and he can bomb it and if he can make putts you know just like with most any of these guys he can go low i mean He finished uh, 20th at the Irish Open and scored 101 uh, fantasy points. Um, So you never know, but I'm I'm trying to stay out of it. So my punt would be Stanley or or Swofford. Those are probably the only two I'll have a whole lot of down here.
0: Yeah, that's where I'm leaning. Uh, I really, really wish I could get behind uh, our boy, Flatbill, Pat Perez who has been playing really well, but he's, he's struggled since he went across uh, the Atlantic. Not playing good at all over there, but uh, you never know. He might be able to put something together, but, yeah, I'll stick with Stanley, and I, I like Mullenart. I know people don't like the guy, but um, he's really good at that, that par four and a, a tee to green type deal. So, uh, I like Molly a lot, but he's better for those cut events because he just wanted to get the cut. Um yeah top bust, like kind of the higher priced guys that are going to be heavily owned that just aren't going to produce. Jesse, who are you looking at? Um, I'm just going to go with speed because at,
2: at, at the $12,000 price, he really, really has the to top five, if not win. Um, is that possible? Yes. Uh, but I think I would rather avoid the 30% ownership there and hope that he doesn't win than be on the 30% thirty percent or more side and, and, and have to you know, get everything else right in order to win a GPP. Definitely. What about, what about you, Bucks?
1: Yeah, I could definitely see Spieth being that guy because at that price, you're right, he does have to win um, maybe come in second, but really a win is what you're looking for with that price point. But there's three guys that consider a bust just because I know what their ownership is going to be like. Um, and that would be Scott. I, I don't, I know he has some good track history here, but I just don't see him playing well. He's really struggled with the putter. He hits the ball amazing every week, but I just don't see him pulling it out. I mean, I, I'm looking for guys that I think at any price range that I think can win, and I, I don't see him doing it. Um, so he would be one. Bellows, another one. He's been playing amazing golf, but I don't see him coming over here Uh, playing against this field and lighting it lighting the world on fire but it's that no cut event and he murders the ball makes a ton of birdies and so he could definitely do it but i i think he's going to disappoint uh his owners and then the number one guy i have on my list for a bus this week and it pains me to do this because he's my boy is ricky fowler um he uh after watching some replays of the British, his swing was so bad. And I'm not saying that matters for this week, but it there was not something clicking in his swing. And then add that to the fact that he's just, as far as this field is concerned, less than mediocre on par fours. I'm going to stay away from him because, again, at that price point, uh, I'm probably looking at a top ten minimum for him, and I don't think he's going to get there.
0: Yeah, I can see all that uh, speed. For me, like you said, we say it a lot with the, these top price guys. They have to basically top five at worst, top three probably, if not better than that, to get their value for you. Um, if you go down below ten, there's a guy that we know he's a really good golfer. He just can't consistently do it. And he hasn't shown it to me in a while. I'm like, I'm assuming it's you guys as well. You watch even more golf than I do, but um, and he gets touted all the time. But Jason Day at 9400 just has not produced like a 94-year-old guy. He, I know he's yeah. produced well, but not, not to that level. And everybody swears he's the Jason Day of old, and he has not shown it yet. So um, I, I just don't don't see him pulling that out um, at that price tag. And everybody loves him, and I think he'll be highly owned and just you know, not produce. Um, core players, we kind of mentioned a few bucks. Give us your uh, your core. Uh,
1: my core right now is Rom Duffner, and JT. All of them, no no cut event guys. Um, Duffner, I think, is, I would categorize in there because he can have some blow ups, but he can also go pretty low. Um, if I had to pick one more for the no cut, probably Burger.
0: Yeah, I like that a
1: lot. Uh,
0: what about you, Jesse?
2: Uh, probably going to be heavy. Stinson, uh, Xander. Um, and, you know, Fleetwood, I'm, I'm going to get back on him, too. And then and we've already talked about Ron a little bit. I like, I like Ron quite a bit this week. So those would be my – You problem. know we're playing in the U.S. this week, Jesse. Well, it's <laughs> – hey, man, you know what? It's not my problem that the Euros are playing better than us Americans are.
0: Yeah, it, 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 it's funny you mentioned that, Bucks, because every time I look at lineups I make, it's like – they almost are, are all straight Euros. And if anybody's listening to any shows I've done with Jesse before this, like I just love Euro golfers. It's Yeah, people. I mean, we're, we're all over them every week, but I mean, you, we don't care. care. Yeah, I don't – yeah, I just want to make money. So, <laughs> I'm good with that.
2: I mean, I'm looking um, at a lot of ownership there. I think Stenson will be low-owned. Um, Fleetwood will come in lower-owned. And Xander will be lower-owned, too. So, I mean, you know, on my main lineup, I think those three at least
0: will be on the and that's what we always talk about. These Euros are super low owned. So right. compared compared, exactly, to yeah. guys the, compared to the guys in their same price range from like the U.S. Um, my guys, just real quick, uh, I think I'm going to go up top, Rom Rose. I'm going to rotate with them. And then in the middle, JT and Berger and some Leishman. And then down in the sevens, Hoffman and Shoffley kind of uh, mix and match those. And then that gives me five in a lineup. And then I'll uh, sprinkle a sixth in that combination somewhere along the way. Maybe dabble a couple others, but we'll see. Um, Last but not least, we don't need the odds, but who's your pick to win, Jesse? Um, I'll go Paul Casey. (laughs) (laughs) He's not going to own him in DraftKings, folks, but he's winning (laughs) the tournament. If I don't say that,
2: he's going to win. So, what do you want me to do? I
1: know.
2: I love it. Love it. What about you,
0: Bucks?
1: I'll, I'll just preface by saying outside of Dustin Johnson, my pick to win would be Duffner.
0: Wow. And, and, and your, your prefacing is fair because Dustin <laughs> Johnson is literally fav- – should be favorited almost every week, especially on a course like this. Oh, yeah. But um, I'm with you. Outside of uh, Dustin, it's a guy that I talk a lot of trash on, but I always say it with you know the caveat that he's super talented. I think John Rom has a, a sneaky good yeah. shot to make the thing this week. I, I really do.
1: I agree.
0: And and for those that have heard many, some of my podcasts with Jesse, I have railed on how <laughs> much of a child he is. So <laughs> it'll be interesting. Yeah, he uh, flies some last- more recently, so I like it as well. All right. Any last words, Bucks?
1: No, I think this is going to be uh... – It's going to be an awesome event, man. All these WGCs, especially this one, have a major feel. The players are getting paid a ton of money to play in this event. So it's going to be really exciting golf. Have the the winner coming in at 16 under. So two back-to-back weeks of some pretty low scores.
0: Uh, Jesse, last words, and I believe you had a listener question.
2: Yeah. um, I mean, if you got a run, bucks, you're good to go, man. Um, But either way – Couple of things. Uh, it's going to be a great event, like like Bucks already said. No cut, a lot of birdies, a lot of big names. It's going to be a, a, a very fun event to watch all week. Um, as far as the the questions go, we had one about Sesame Street. Unfortunately, I don't have any children, so I have no idea about Sesame Street and why Elmo talks in the third person. I think Bucks, would you know Bucks.
1: <laughs> I probably would know. <laughs>
2: So the other, the other more quote-unquote serious question was cash game strategy. How many players, multiple lineups, um, from uh, from one of the, one of the guys on Twitter there. And you know, for me this week, I will not play any cash games at all whatsoever. There is absolutely no edge to be had. Um, therefore, I'll completely avoid cash games. I do like to play smaller. Uh, GPPs. Um, So, like a twenty-seven dollar buy-in with ten or eleven people, I still think is a good strategy. Um, On a typical week, if I'm playing cash, I have one lineup. Um, If you're less risk averse, I would recommend going with potentially two lineups, but I would keep a core of at least four guys. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different ways to look at cash versus GPP. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm on the. I I myself think there are cash game plays, but every single lineup is a GPP lineup, um, no matter what. In in golf, it's just so difficult with a cut um, that you can't really – there's really nothing, quote-unquote, that is safe. So I think there are safer individual plays, but there's no real safe lineup itself. So it it totally depends, I think, on your – you know, aversion to risk, basically. How, how risky can you be with your money? Um, You know, if it's not a big deal for you to lose it, then hammer it, you know, with one lineup. If it's a big deal, maybe a couple lineups and don't play as much.
1: Um, yeah, I think, the big, I, think the, yeah. I think the big thing for me, cash versus GPP, if you're going with cash, like you said, having a core group of guys, if you're going one or two lineups, whatever, Um, But definitely the the biggest difference for me is I'm rarely going to look at what I think the ownership percentage is.
0: And I'm going to be looking more heavy to the guys that make cuts. Yeah, that's a good point. Yes. Yeah, it's more your Stuart sink types. Um, All right. Well, that's some good stuff. Should be a fun tournament. Um, Those of you that aren't, you know, locked in, it's in South Carolina. Can anybody tell me why it locks at 9 p.m. on Wednesday night? Uh, I'm guessing that's a DraftKings uh, mess up there. Good, because that confused <laughs> the heck out of me. I'm like, I know we're in the U.S. What, Like, we play night golf, glow ball? What are we doing here? i um, <laughs> like, Jesus. They're sitting at 7 a.m. I mean, they're in Ohio. It's in yeah, Ohio. it's a small field. Small field, don't tee off at the crack of dawn. So, yeah, locked lots of light there or Okay. Well, it's going to be an awesome tournament. Like we said, best of the best. Uh, check us out on Twitter, guys. Around uh, our almost oh, wrong pod. Always pressing pod. It's your PGA DFS weekly deal. Um, it's going to be some good stuff. As always, follow Jesse on Twitter at DFSGolfCause. You can get bucks at BP Snow11, big bucks, no whammies. Uh, you can check me at BD Entrick. But uh, again, thanks for listening, everybody. This was. Always pressing pod, your WGC Bridgestone invitational preview. Catch you guys next week.